The Double H Attack is back. Hubner. Come on, turn around. Hanley. This is the Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. We got a couple of polls out there uh, on Twitter at ESPN 1000. Will Nick Foles start another game this season for the Bears, yes or no? And would you want Pat Fitzgerald as the new head coach of the Chicago Bears? We'll discuss those with Jeff Dickerson as J.D. joins us. As always, he's brought to you by Miller Lite, the official beer of the Chicago Bears. And, J.D., it's it's got to be nice to actually be at a stadium, isn't it? It is, Fred, Brian. It is, though, uh, I would say the conditions outside are very... Uh, symptomatic of where we stand right now with the Bears and Lions. It's a very dreary day, and it's just kind of a very a very dreary vibe in the stadium. There's just no – I mean, there's only a handful of people here anyways, but it's just not really uh, not really the excitement you're looking for for five and six versus four and seven. But <laughs> it, is, it is good to be here, and um, the DJ is still playing in front of the empty stadium as uh, – the players have begun to trickle out, but look, guys. I mean, we we could just cut right right to it. But there's there's no excuse for the Bears to lose this game. Um, it's a game they can't lose. Uh, the Lions, of course, fired Patricia and Bob Quinn last week. They're losing. You know, they don't have DeAndre Swift. They don't have Galladay. Uh, Jeff Okuda is also inactive, so they're not even close to being at full strength. The Bears have most of their players back today. Akeem Hicks is active. Allen Robinson's fine. Darnell Mooney's going to play. Uh, Khalil Mack's back problem was not enough to keep him out, so he's going to be active. Roquan Smith is active. Alex Bars is active. So, really, everything adds up to the Bears. Don't just need a victory, which they do, but it would be really nice if they could have a convincing, convincing victory, which is something they have not had many of under uh, Matt Nagy the last two years. This matchup really does scream for Dick Stockton or Sam Rosen, doesn't it? <laughs> It really, it really, and actually, you know what, Brian? That might be too rich for this blood right here. I mean, <laughs> you might want to even go like the, the, the further, further down the rung, uh, which uh, uh, we've had those I've, games. Yeah. Who's who's doing the games today? I didn't even look. Yeah, I, I didn't even look That's how bad I am about this stuff nowadays. Maybe well, both, I mean, maybe both Dick Stockton and Sam Rosen. That would be nice. Maybe. Just have both of them do it. Yeah. Or maybe or, Chris. Or, you know what? Maybe Chris have, Myers, since he's in town anyway, probably. <laughs> You just have someone do it off the ticker tape. They have, they have the two play-by-play guys who, who who don't know who should be doing play-by-play, and they're just awkwardly stepping on one another. They're, I think it's their responsibility to misidentify the players. Yes, um, this is where it stands right now. I don't I don't think um, Bears Lions, uh, as far as nationally speaking, is very high on the radar. But look, you know my my guy Mike Rothstein, who covers the Lions for us for ESPN. He, you know, he never fixed the Lions. He's the one that Patricia yelled at about his posture a couple of years ago. So he, he is no friend to the, the Lion here. But he has them winning by 14 points, which I oh could my. not believe. I could wow. not believe that. Bold he prediction. needs to be drug tested. Yeah. Drug tested. Here's what it is. It's Kevin Kugler and who is it? Spielman. Oh, and uh, Chris Spielman. So, really? Oh, huh? okay. Yeah. There you go. Well, yeah. Yeah. Former well, Lion. He knows him well, right? He does, former yeah. great great linebacker and uh, <laughs> Kevin Kugler of uh, NCAA basketball tournament coverage fame. There you he's, go. Uh, 
voice of March Madness. So that's what you got. And there you that's go. You know, week thirteen. Um, we talked about offensive line, and it's not Nelson and McGlinchey, but it's Bars and Mustafer. So two other Notre Dame offensive line guys who actually played pretty well last week, and it looks like, who knows, maybe going forward, maybe they can establish themselves as offensive linemen here. Well, here's how you look at the Bears offensive line, guys, I would think going into the offseason. You're going to have to replace the tackles. But if you can salvage the interior, it it helps. Um, And, of course, James Daniels is going to be back out of the mix next year. You know, Cody Whitehair, they just paid him. They like him a lot. But, uh, yeah, Mustafer, um, Alex Bars, some, some nice younger players that are going to get some experience here. I, I do think that interior-wise, you feel a lot better about that line next year than you do at the offensive tackle position. Where I feel like, guys, they made the mistake is by not addressing one of the tackle spots last offseason. So now there's so much work they have to do. And they're going to have to do it because I don't see them being able to return both those guys' status quo next year. They're going to have to get two new tackles, and it's going to be hard to do. And quarterback. So, I mean, there's a, that, that's a very tall order uh, for whomever is in charge this offseason. But, yes, I think those guys you mentioned, Fred, I think they like them. Yeah. I think it's great for them to keep playing as the season wears on, and, and we'll kind of see sort of how that interior – uh, reconfigures next year. If nothing else, you've got two young guys who have proven you can trust them and at the very least could give you some real nice depth at that position next year moving forward. Speaking of the uh, the people selecting whomever they may be next year, if, if it's still Ryan Pace, a lot of Bears fans are going to be upset. Um, but maybe they turn this thing around and, and find a way to make the playoffs by starting with winning today against the Lions. But J.D., I know he doesn't talk during the season, but every general manager who's worth anything knows when it's time to even give cover for your head coach. So Matt Nagy is under heavy scrutiny, and justifiably so. But every GM knows when he has to face the music. And, okay, it's great to have a policy that you don't talk during the season. I've never covered a GM that had that policy. But, okay, that's Ryan Pace's policy. Someone's got to tell him it's time. It's time to explain what the hell happened here and how it's going to get better moving forward. And when you hear what Anthony Miller said about, you know, they tucked their tail and they ran away after getting hit in the mouth. Yeah, and let's play the the, the other Miller part, too. Uh, And I wanted to have it with J.D., too, because I heard this the other day and I just I couldn't believe it. This was Anthony Miller the other day talking about some of the plays they run in practice. I think... uh... The, the plays that we practice and that we execute in practice, uh, we they need to be called uh, when we get to the game on Sunday. Um, we know we can execute them. You know what I'm saying? We just – everybody just needs a chance to ball out, and um, that that's my take. I, I, I didn't even know what to say when I heard that cut. Well, they don't call the plays that they practice. He's that's obviously, what he just said. Well, he's obviously getting plays called for him uh, at practice that are not then materializing during games. And I think what's so that simple? I pretty much if well, my guess is I don't think that he's really worried about other people getting the ball. Okay, I, I don't think he's like, man, you know, we got this. Great, he wouldn't be the first got, wide receiver. Just give me the damn right. ball. That's true. Yeah. 
Man, we got this amazing package for Cole Komet. We're just not rolling it out there for him. I don't, I don't think that's what he's talking about. Okay, but I, but I think I, but I think this you know it speaks to another issue. Now I don't think he's a great messenger because but but that's fine. But you know because he obviously has had a lot of issues in the playbook, being in the right spot, you know, keeping the trust of the play caller, the coaching staff. But whatever, I I, I digress there. Um, the problem is, is that they go through practice and they have, they're always like, we have these good practices and they got stuff scripted. They're ready to go. And then they fall behind by 14 points or 10 points and the whole thing gets scrapped. That is, I think an issue. And it's been an issue for a while here. They just, they just panic and everything that, that they thought was going to work they they just kind of kick it to the kick it to the curb and and that's why they're throwing too much and the run game gets abandoned and everything gets out of sync. You know, I mentioned this to Waddle and Sylvie the other day, and it's kind of galling a little bit, guys, because you know um, when we talked to Nagy uh, before the Packers game, he made it a point to praise the Colts, who fell behind, if you remember, to Green Bay yep. in the first half of that game, and they just stuck with their plan. They ran. They come out of halftime. They're down. They run the ball and they end up winning that game. And then the same thing happens against the Packers. The Bears fall behind, and just all hell breaks loose because they just can't, they can't stick with anything. So that is um, that's something, another one of the, the many issues that at some point we're going to have to figure out why this keeps happening. But I, I think that's probably um, the reason why a lot of these stuff that, that's being run at practice that looks good, that feels good, isn't making it towards the game because they just always deviate from their game plan sometimes prematurely. And, and okay, and Brian, I apologize. I, I prematurely jumped in when you were still trying to make your point about the whole uh, general manager thing and well, him not uh, talking. No, no, no reason to apologize, Fred. But I mean, Ryan Pace needs to apologize. And uh, JD, when you when you're trying to evaluate who's doing the evaluations, and that's been a big topic this week, and and rightfully so after the debacle in Green Bay. We know that George McCaskey, going back to the last time you guys were able to talk to him, said he reacts like a fan. So, you know, you know, Virginia's upset anytime they lose to the Packers, especially when they get their butts kicked. But sure. what's your best guess uh, scenario, given they were five and one. They're trying yeah. to avoid the first six game losing streak in 18 years by beating the Lions today. The offense is a complete train wreck, and that's the specialty of the head coach. And the general manager has just ignored the offense, and also saddled this team with a quarterback who wasn't good enough to be the second overall pick. You know, Brian, when you covered the Blackhawks, even Mike Smith would have press conferences every now and again. I mean, they were like, you know, they were like, whoa, these are really bad press conferences. Hey. And this guy needs an iron. He's got to iron his shirt, comb his hair. But at least he was down there, right? I Absolutely. Mean, hey, I used to call Bob Murray pretty much three times a week, and he'd be <laughs> huffing and puffing on his treadmill, and he said, what the hell do you want? I mean, and that's how Murphy answered the phone. I just, I've never seen a general manager, and Ryan Pace has never been a GM before, just like any, every other Bears GM. They come in without experience, just like every Bears head coach, which is an issue unto itself. I've never seen a guy who can just be the, the, a recluse during the football season. I mean, that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. I used to meet up with Jerry Angelo in the weight room of yeah. uh, the team hotels on the road. And he, Jerry would be in there and be like, he'd be banging the weights. Like, Jerry, 
don't feign those weights. You gotta be gentle See? now when you're doing your your lat pull downs. But yeah, um, it, it, it is unfortunate, and, and I, I I just think that it's a it's a missed opportunity because you know the rare occasion that uh, we do hear from the GM, it's never an unpleasant experience. I mean, it's not not like uncomfortable or not as if he can't convey his point We're in fired his up. very well. But yeah, that's um. That's something that unfortunately is just the policy, and I don't know how that's going to change, if that's going to change. But I think what it does is it does undermine or cost them a little bit of the, the benefit of the doubt, uh, which is unfortunate. Um, but I don't, I don't know, Brian, honestly. I mean, there's been no indication that that's going to change at all as far as any more access. You know, Nagy goes out there every after every practice, every game, answers all the questions, takes all the arrows, and, you know, at some point, uh, you know, we will hear from from the front office ownership um, that will be after the season and the way things will are Pat, going. Will you know, Patrick Fitzgerald get to choose personnel too? <laughs> I'm sorry, what's there, Brian? I'm sorry, I, I didn't hear. Will, I, I caught will off. Pat will, will Patrick Fitzgerald also get uh, uh, oversight <laughs> of personnel? Hey, can Jim Phillips come too? Uh, yeah, that, there you that'd go. be my question. Can, can can he come take over the operation? There you uh, go. Now you got a team president. They're going to make. Hey, look, I love Fitz, and I, I, I love what he's done at Northwestern. He makes great money at Northwestern, and that's a job that he can have for life. Uh, I would never criticize someone for having ambitions beyond what they currently have, but he certainly does have a great setup. Um, he's never taken that job before. Um, I think a lot of teams would love to talk to him, and I guess we'll just kind of see what happens. But um, I, I'll tell you what, making $5 million a year at Northwestern, um, where expectations are, you know, you know, you win the Big Ten West every now and again. You know, you make a, a great bowl game. You know, you, you win a bowl game here or there. Um, it's a little different than coming to the Bears where fans are so starved for success, but expectations are so very high. So we'll see. I mean, he's a, he's a great coach. He's doing a great job at Northwestern, got a great program. Um, but more names, I'm sure, will begin to trickle out like that if, if the Bears keep losing and don't find a way to kind of right the ship. Hey, J.D., one last thing before we let you go. This is our other poll question on, uh, at ESPN 1000 on Twitter. Will Nick Foles start another game this season for the Bears? Oh, I would, that, that's got to be a yes, right? I mean, if you had to guess, right, if you, you would say yeah. I mean, what, there's five games left. There's ample opportunities for more injuries to happen, more poor play. I don't think that Trubisky's got a quick hook today. I, I think he would. Uh, but, yeah, I think if I was a betting man, which, which I'm not, but if I were a betting man, I would say the odds are that he will start at least one more game this year. Bulls. Yeah. Okay. We will uh, We will see. I know he's the backup today. He's healthy. That means Tyler Bray. There's no chance we'll see Tyler Bray, which is probably a good thing. Well, if they lose by 14 to the Lions, I think you're going to see Nick Foles <laughs> next week. No, yeah. No, that's true. If, they, if, 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 if Mitch doesn't play well today and it looks bad, then, yeah, you'll probably see another switch. But I don't think that's what they want to do. That's not their plan coming into today, but – as we know, things tend to change uh, during games here for this team. Yeah, they certainly do. J.D., appreciate it. Uh, enjoy being at Soldier Field for an actual sporting event. Hey, I will. And I picked the Bears to win. Okay. You know, it's been a long time. I think I haven't picked them in about six or seven weeks. Um, <laughs> but I picked them to win 23-21. to 21, So take that for what it's worth, which is probably nothing. There you go. 23-21, and they're favored by three. So you you take the Lions for the points. <laughs> so, Okay, J.D., we'll talk to you soon. There you have it. All right, guys. Take care.
Uh, Jeff Dickerson uh, brought to you by Miller Lite, the official beer of uh, the Chicago Bears. Don't forget PointsBet Sportsbook, the fast and easy way to bet. Download the PointsBet app now. When we come back, we'll hear from Teddy Greenstein. He is with PointsBet Sportsbook. He'll let us know how the wagering is going leading up to today's Bears-Lions game. A noon kickoff. We're talking about it right here on ESPN 1000. Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show continues on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Hanley and Hubner here on ESPN 1000. The Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show. Don't forget Points Bet Sportsbook, the fast and easy way to bet on the sports you care about. Download the Points Bet app now to get $100 in free bets when you deposit $20 with code ESPN. Don't forget, as soon as the game is over, Jeff Meller, Howard Griffith, they'll break it down for you. And I'm looking for a quick game. I think they're going to start the, the uh, post game uh, before three o'clock, and that's pushing it because a lot of NFL games go a little bit longer. But I, I think this is going to be a game where, uh, you know, they run the ball, and, um, and we'll see. Well, we've been saying that all year long, though, right? They'll run the ball. Uh, I did see where the over under for Bears points today. This could be a season high, Fred, which is kind of damning in itself. Twenty three and a half. Yeah. Normally they're they're in the neighborhood of twenty, give or take, but uh, that that's a healthy total for a Bears offense that usually doesn't have the good intention of breaking twenty one. Yeah, you're right. It, it is. You can find that on a points bet, the points bet sportsbook app. And uh, by the way, now it's time for us to talk to our guy Teddy Greenstein out at the points bet sportsbook. And uh, Teddy, what's going on today? The a lot of activity. The Bears Lions getting ready to go at it. Good morning, Fred. PointsBet is seeing great support for the Bears, and that was before the good injury news on Robinson and Mooney. The line opened at minus three and has held steady with 63% of the spread tickets and 76% of the handle going on the Beloveds. Betters are not alarmed by this trend. The Bears are 1-7 in their last eight as a favorite. PointsBet is offering a generous minus 105 on either side of the spread ticket. And we've also got 226 other ways to bet the game. Check out our points betting options if you're in the mood to gamble. One example, Mitch Trubisky passing yards. Our under is 243, our over is 255. If you bet the over and he throws for 300, you get 45 times your stake. So a $1 bet would return 45. Allen Robinson's points betting over for receiving yards is 85. David Montgomery's for rushing yards is 78. Hope you all cash some tickets today. Uh, thanks, Teddy. That would be a nice thing. Something Teddy just said, Brian, which is frustrating. Bears, one in seven. Yeah, one in seven. <laughs> that got my attention. Oh, my God. One in seven in the last eight is a favorite. I, I jumped on points bet, and I, I took two different things. I like the... I like the touchdown guys, and we talked about it earlier this year with Cole Komet. So I actually took Cole Komet again to score a touchdown, anytime touchdown, not first. He's plus 400, and I'm sticking with, I've had this guy for like three weeks in a row. (laughs) Darnell Mooney is going to score. They threw to him in the back of the end zone. There were three other guys. One time the ball was intercepted. Darnell Mooney is plus 275 to score a touchdown in the game. And I'm thinking that Mitch is going to be able to throw the ball. I'm thinking they're going to be able to score some touchdowns against a Detroit team 
that is trying to figure out what where they're going with uh, Daryl Bevel now taking over for Matt Patricia. So we'll see. What we'll was see the one that go. he said about Trubisky getting over 300 yards and the payout on that? Because I'm looking through his game log now. Yeah, He's mm-hmm. gone over 300 against the Lions in three of his six appearances against them. So That's that might be another one that you might want to look into as well. But here's the thing. The last game, okay, even though he had the 104.2 uh, passer rating, Completed 55.6 of his passes, 20 of 36. And remember how they won that game. They had Detroit dropping the the would-be touchdown or the right in the end. Yeah, Swift dropped it right right there in the corner. Right, but I mean, here's here's my concern. We talked about earlier. They might get the the old interim coach boost. And really, what pressure do the Detroit Lions have today? They just show up and they go out there and, and just play loose because everyone, everyone's gotten fired already. Matt Stafford's not going anywhere, even though he's getting paid like a, a Hall of Fame quarterback and he's really a middling quarterback these days. And, and really what what uh, receivers does he have, have to throw to? Every, all the pressure is on the Bears. And how do they respond to that? Uh, so far, the pressure response hasn't been what you would hope. And that's why they're trying to avoid six consecutive losses going into today's game. Yeah. Yeah, there's no doubt. I'm looking at some other ones here, and I bet anytime touchdowns. David Montgomery's plus 700 for first touchdown scored. Allen Robinson 700. Um, those aren't bad. I mean, it, you know, the, the one thing, and Brian, we talked about it last Sunday night, and they didn't do it. We knew they wouldn't, but the Bears won the toss and decided to defer. Sure, right. and it would have been so much nicer. And I brought it up again a little bit yesterday. It would have been so much nicer if they would have just for once. And I understand the whole reasoning; it makes sense ninety nine percent of the time. But since you have Aaron Rodgers going against you, why don't you win the toss and take the ball and just keep him on the sidelines at least for a little bit? Instead, yeah. he it, marched seventy five yards. As Anthony Miller said, "Why don't we? We need to be the ones going out there throwing punches coming out to start the game." Yeah. Well. If you had hit him in the mouth and surprised him, that, the tone of that game could have been entirely different. Yeah. Instead, Aaron Rodgers marched up and down the field three different times because the defense didn't show up too. Uh, it's it, I'm with you. Try something different, okay? I know every coach in the in the league defers. That's just what you do. But you got to have that ball back to start. Sure. After the great halftime adjustments we see the Bears <laughs> make. I mean, yeah. are you kidding me? Yeah. I know. It is pretty embarrassing. Uh, one thing that came up a lot during the course of the week and the course of the game was Tony Dungy basically calling out the Bears saying this defense has, has given up. And um, Chuck Pagano really didn't want to hear any of that as he was grilled earlier this week on the Zoom conference. Hey Chuck, what is your uh, reaction to on the, on the NBC telecast, Tony Dungy at one point, his indication was that it, it looked like the defense had given up at one point what was that the case and what is your reaction to that comment yeah i never heard that until now i appreciate you bringing that to my attention <laughs> you know, i don't pay i don't pay any attention to any of that stuff so that that you don't agree with that then that that occurred our guys never give up i'll fight anybody tooth and nail on that and I love Tony. I got great respect for Tony, and everybody can see it. But we, don't, I don't pay any attention to that stuff. Our guys don't ever quit. They would never give up. Hell, find anybody tooth and nail. Oh, God. Well. What coaches? Very few coaches would say that the team quit. Right. And really, yeah. Matt Nagy—that's all he's got going for him right now—is supposedly the team never quits. But now you do have indications that they quit, and the, for one game anyway, uh, that. Uh, 
how you not how are you not motivated for Sunday night football in Green Bay right. coming off a bye? Yeah. I, I, and we've seen you know we we saw Mark Trestman's team go up there and lay an egg, okay? You're supposed to be better than Mark Trestman. This coaching staff's supposed to be better. Chuck Pagano's been there as a head coach and it's got to be different than that. And Tony Dungy called it the way he saw it. Every Bears fan watching that game thought they quit. Sure. Sure. And, and that's they say, that's saying they quit after they gave up 75, 60, and 75-yard drives to start the game. You know, and uh, yeah. so they weren't good at any time, any point in that game. The tackling has been miserable. Eddie Jackson has just been brutal this year. Um, Buster Screen, we've talked a lot about him, and he has not been very good. Uh, the corners I, have been decent. We haven't had had to call out Danny Trevathan too much the last couple of weeks. He seems after a couple of bad weeks, he's been okay. But it was really good watching Dungy. They did a great job, I thought, with Dungy and Tarico the other day um, and some of the camera angles showing without Akeem Hicks the what the Green Bay Packers were trying to do and just get to that second level and really make Trevathan and Roquan Smith, you know, not, I mean, non-factors in the game. Right. The way they were going right. to try and block them with the uh, with the guys going to the next level. I thought they did a great job of that the other day. They did exactly what they wanted to do, and Tony Dungy was breaking it down for you. But Chuck Pagano, I'll go back to it last week. As much as he was being facetious and having a little bit of a laugh about, oh boy, how can we go up and play yeah. Aaron Rodgers? He's a maestro, and look at this guy. I don't even want to show up. Can they cancel a game? Yeah. Maybe maybe that message kind of seeped into his unit because it was the, by far the worst showing for the Bears defense this season. Yeah, it was really bad. Uh, we come back, we'll take a look at the Lions, um, not from their beat writer today, uh, Lomas Brown, former Lion. And uh, you hear him quite a bit when Jay Hood used to do his evening shows. Lomas Brown would join him. Well, he joined uh, Cap and Jay Hood earlier this week. Lomas Brown talking about the Lions and what the difference might be now that the head coach is gone and there's someone else there to fill the role. So we'll hear from Lomas Brown. We come back. 312-332-3776. You have some questions about the Bears as they go into the game today. Your thoughts entering this contest. Is it a must-win game? Uh, Jay, everybody, the the five guys in the Sun-Times, the three guys in the Tribune, everybody picks the Bears. And when I see that, that makes makes me wonder just a little bit. Hanley and Hubner here on ESPN 1000. We're heading to kickoff on the PointsBet Sportsbook pregame show. Bears talk continues right after the game. Join us for the Bears postgame show with Jeff Meller and Howard Griffin. And Bears Monday begins at 7 a.m. with the new morning show, Cap and Jay Hood. This is ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. So the Bears and Lions going at it. I was laughing when JD said the battle of four and seven Detroit and five and six Chicago. E. You just throw out the records when these two teams meet. Yeah, and turn the TV off too. Usually, <laughs> just watch the highlights later. Uh, and don't forget, speaking of later, it will be uh, Jeff Meller. and Howard Griffith. They'll break it down for you. And uh, we're expecting a victory. I mean, I don't know, and that rarely happens that Bears fans expect victories. But the Lions are a team that uh, have definitely struggled. They are now with an interim head coach, Daryl Bevel, 
comes over, and uh, he's been around for a while, uh, 18 years he's been out there as a coach in different teams and things like that. And Lomas Brown, the former Detroit Lion, joined Cap and Jay Hood the other day, and the guys asked him if, um, you know, maybe a spark with a uh, change of the coaching position? I mean, we sure hope so. And, you know, just from me listening to Coach Bevel in his press conference, it was just so refreshing. It just—it was just different. And I know the players, because if I was a player in that locker room, I would respond differently to a different voice in there. You know, and I came in with doing the broadcast with Coach Patricia. So, you know, I was there through the, the whole time. And it, it just seems like it just started wearing, not just only on him, but it just seemed like it started wearing on the players too. So I think it was something that had to be done. And hopefully, hopefully these guys will respond to Coach Bevel. And, Brian, you brought up the, the numbers earlier, but uh, was it since 2010 of um... – the previous 22 teams that fired their coach during the season, 13 have gone on to win with the interim. So a little yeah. more than half. So, you know, maybe they maybe they do get a spark. Um, there are a couple guys that are out for them. Kenny Galladay not playing. Jeff Okuda, um, their top draft pick, also not playing on the defensive side. So they're a team that right now can be thrown on, can also be run on, which, um, you know, you would think, you know, I'm just eager to see what, what Matt Nagy is going to do and uh, allow his offense to do against these guys. And another, this is another time where I guess, I guess give Stafford the ball if you win the toss because then you want to, you know, want to defer. Uh, one of these days they'll do it. Somebody will do it, and uh, it'll work for them. But uh, I don't, probably not this time. So. Well, and it will be interesting to see how Detroit fills their GM and, and coaching positions. Will Daryl Bevel... Uh, get a legitimate shot? Does he deserve a shot so far that he, he would think it's not going to go the right way? But, uh, you know, he did interview for the Bears job previously under Phil Emery. I don't know if Phil left the notes in the file if they want to take a look <laughs> at it. <laughs> but today we have a report that Pat Fitzgerald is uh, on whatever, who's ever list, whether it's Ted Phillips or George McCaskey's list. I, again, we'd like to know who's going to be making this decision. Does Ryan Pace get a third coach? Is that even possible? You wouldn't think so. Does Matt Nagy get to stay if Ryan Pace is fired and they tell the next GM, Matt Nagy's your coach? And really, I've, I've seen people suggest, you know, well, it's $15 million, I think, collectively owed to Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy on their contracts. Yeah. And that would stop the Bears. The $15 million in the NFL, that, that's not even Mike Glennon money. Come yeah, on. that's nothing. Yeah, there's no way that, that money, I w- wouldn't think, would, would hold them back at all. Uh, I just don't know. You look at Pat Fitzgerald, uh, uh, all he's meant to Northwestern, all Northwestern has meant to him. I don't know that he would leave um, what, what that position. Michigan, Fred, Fred, and, and it was rumored Michigan was interested a couple of years ago. What if Michigan, after they part ways with Jim Harbaugh, came to Pat Fitzgerald and, and JD's, you know, told you it was $5 million a year at Northwestern. It's yeah. a dream job. Really, he's done a, a fun, phenomenal job and, and probably can reach even uh, greater heights uh, the way the program's trending, the facilities they've, they've built there and everything else. But what if Michigan came and waived $10 million at, at Pat Fitzgerald? Is that – is he much – is he more uh, – um, more likely to go to Ann Arbor and continue being a great college football coach and getting paid as such? Or is the challenge of the NFL something that he'd be interested in? 
and I don't believe the Bears are paying ten million. No. I don't even, Matt, is Matt Nagy even making five million? I don't. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. I'm not sure how much he's making. Tyler's looking it up. I think Nagy's salary roughly between six and seven million. Okay, okay overpaid. That's why I heard. It's <laughs> <laughs> exactly what you heard. Overpaid. Yeah, you know, if you gave me those two options, um, boy, some guys just like being at home. You know what I mean? And sometimes a couple million dollars isn't worth moving, changing things. Um, uh, three or four million extra can buy a, a, a nice home in Ann Arbor. Well, for Pat Fitzgerald, too, at Northwestern, if he's switching schools in the Big Ten and going to Michigan, doesn't in the back, maybe not even in the back of some Northwestern fans' minds, but... Doesn't that kind of ruin everything he built up for you? Doesn't that feel like an extra stab in the back there? Well, here's the thing, Tyler, and, and this year it's obviously different because of the pandemic. Is is positive as that program is trending and all the good things they've been doing in Evanston, you still have more opposing fans filling the stadium than, uh, sure. than Northwestern fans, especially the big games. So... There, there seems to be a ceiling, no matter how good Jim Phillips and, and Pat Fitzgerald are, in terms of motivating Northwestern fans to, to support that team like Ohio State fans or Michigan fans or Wisconsin fans or Iowa. You go through half the Big Ten. Um, so at some point, would you rather be king of the Big Ten if you can go to Michigan and start being Ohio State on a regular basis? Mm. Yeah. I, I, I... Some people, and I know this is sacrilege to say when it comes to the world of sports, but some people in all walks of life, the money's not as important as staying home and staying comfortable where you're at. Sure. You know what I mean? And I'm not sure how comfortable it would be to take take the Bears job, but that might be, as he was growing up, something he envisioned. You know, being a Chicago Bear, and then since he didn't play for them, then being able to uh, have that be that ability and to follow in the long history of you know the, the you know George Hallis, Mike Ditka. We can forget about Neil Armstrong and you know hey, all the if other he guys. Goes, if he goes to Michigan, then we can start the Jim Harbaugh to the Bears rumors again. Why? Well, yeah, that makes more sense. Well, and yeah. he, he did have success in the NFL, great sure. success in the NFL. It goes back to your point, Fred, earlier in the show. College coaches becoming NFL coaches doesn't usually work out. And uh, obviously Jim Harbaugh going from college to, to the pros back to college, uh, you know, it's um, he's much more comfortable, I think, back in the NFL. It's Pete Carroll-esque. I mean, Pete yeah. Carroll did that numerous times. Pete Carroll always knew when to get out because his team was his school was going to go on probation, uh, or, <laughs> or or not be able to go to bowl games. And then he left just in time. Usually, uh, that's how it usually worked. One more cut, really quickly, from Lomas Brown talking about the difference between Daryl Bevel and Matt Patricia. There's got to be a ton. One is his offense. So, you know, he don't have any reins on his offense, so he could basically open it up, you know, and do whatever he wants to on offense. He already says that he trusts uh, defensive coordinator Corey Unlin. So he said he trusts him with the defense. So I could just see Coach uh, Bevel just 
concentrate more on getting that offense to be more efficient, especially in the red zone and especially on third downs. That seemed to have been our Achilles Achilles heels, along with a lot of other things. But on the offensive side of the ball, those are kind of things that have been killing drives and stopping the offense from putting up points the way that they needed to put up points this season. Now, when Cap and Jay Hood brought in Lomas Brown, they were not nice to him. You know what song they brought him in with? No. Lion Sleeps Tonight. Oh. Well. <laughs> they were not nice to him. Well, he was, it, he it, was having fun with it, though. He understood when you're four and seven and you're with it, you know, you're. Uh, and, and, and look, how attractive is that Lions job? Is we, and we can ask that question about the oh Bears my. jobs if yeah. they open up. When you look at the, the lack of postseason appearances in my lifetime for them, right? Sure. Uh, I don't know if there's any curse going on in Detroit, but whether it's Daryl Bevel, and I know the Ford family came out when they fired Bob Quinn and Patricia and said, we're going to get this right. Well, everyone says they're going to get it right, but, boy, you talk about a hole that's dug there. Yeah. And, and the Bears are in the process of, of digging yet another one here. We come back. We will have our bold predictions. We'll also take a look at how the polls turned out, and we'll hear – Yurko's Keys to a Bears victory right here on ESPN 1000. Bears football. We're hitting the kickoff on the Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show. On Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Hanley and Hubner here on ESPN 1000. Here each and every week for the Bears Points bet sportsbook pregame show, and uh, we'll be back again next week when the uh, Bears get ready to take on Deshaun Watson and Houston. And um, Brian, we've talked about the Bears. JD has talked about it. We heard Lomas Brown, uh, but nothing's official till we hear Yurko. Yurko's got his keys to a uh, Bears victory. He does them each and every week on the Carmen and Yurko show. So let's give it a listen. This is Yurko and his keys. This is Yurko's keys to the game. Yurko gives us what to watch for in this week's Bears game. And it's intercepted, and it's Eddie Jackson. Under pressure again. Can he get away? No, he can't. Of course it's Mac. Yurko's keys to the game, only on ESPN 1000. All right, good kid. Week 13, Bears-Lions. Matt Aggie's a perfect 5-0 and against the Lions. Will he keep it continue? As Sammy would say, Yurko, I ask you, what are the keys to victory? Carm, I'm glad you asked. Keys to a Bears victory Sunday at noon. Key number one. I've never said this about any quarterback in the history of my uh, my, my experience on this earth, but I will say it now. Are you sure Mitch Trubisky's right-handed? Is that what you're going to ask? Run the ball. Oh, run the ball. Okay. Run the ball. If in doubt to throw into triple or double coverage, run the ball. Tuck it and run. It should be the number one thing on the play sheet. Okay, we're Bill Lazor or on the sideline, it should be emblazoned upon him, tattooed on his chest. Tuck the ball and run. Whatever you do, don't throw it up in double and triple coverage as you're trying to kill his team. Key number two. It's become apparent without Akeem Hicks, the two guys in the middle just simply can't get it done on a regular basis. So if they can't get it done on a regular basis with their toughness, you've got to do it with trickeration. You've got to slant these guys. You've got to stunt these guys. Even against the run, run blitzes, run stunts, left, right, you got to change it up. you got to keep that offensive line guessing a little bit. 
Whatever you do, they have proven, Bilal Nichols, Jenkins, they have proven over the course of time, Urban, that they can't handle whatever's happening in front of them on a consistent basis. So if you got to provide some trickeration, that's perfect for me. I've got no problem. Key number three. We've seen it a couple of times. It cost me 12000 The one time Eddie oh. Jackson picked it up and returned it for a touchdown. Brutal. But it is incumbent after the defensive performance last week for this defense to score some points. I'm sorry. I hate to put the burden on you, but it was such a pitiful, heart-wrenching, Tony Dungy called it a giving-up type performance that is now uh, it, it is now the responsibility of the defense to go ahead and score some points here. That's just the way it is. I'm sorry. Number four. I go to my good friend Charles Leno. For the love. <laughs> yeah, you're a good friend. My, for the love of everything that's holy. Charles, uh... <laughs> please don't blow the quarterback's knee out with your helmet yeah, as you get run over and trucked on every single play. On Sunday, it's not going play well, with some it. leverage, play with some technique. I don't care about your big toe. You're going to hurt somebody important back there, okay? Charles, please quit getting trucked. And those are the keys to a Bears victory Smoking. against Detroit on Sunday. <laughs> uh, Brian, we heard, we heard trickeration. Leverage. Yeah, leverage, trickeration, and we heard that... Uh, Yurko's good friend is Charles Leno. And the big toe, Sergeant Hulka. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, my God. Well, you know, we'll do, get to our bold predictions in a second, but we had a couple of polls on uh, Twitter, at ESPN1000, and uh, we go to Tyler Aki, and he will break them down for us, let us know how they turned out. All right, so we started with, will Nick Foles start another game for the Bears this season? This one, the result of it so far, a little surprising to me. Yes, coming in at only 26.5% and no, 73.5%. So the majority, almost three-quarters of of the fan base does not believe that Nick Foles will start another game for the Bears this season. So does that speak to Nick Foles being worse than Mitch Trubisky? You can make that argument uh, in in the games he started. Yeah, he Uh, could. Or does that just speak to the Bears aren't going to be playing quarterback uh, carousel uh, assuming both guys are healthy at the same time, and they they're just going to play out the the season with the the Mitch Trubisky hand they're dealt. Oh, see, and JD didn't even hesitate when we asked him. Yeah, JD said, "Oh, oh, definitely." So I don't know. I I, I think it's the uh, boy. It, it's almost like if if they think they're done, and you can't Nagy and Pace can't think they're done, so they have to try to go out to win each and every game. So now I think it's a game by game thing. If if Mitch you know throws two three interceptions, I, yeah. I would not be surprised if he falls out there again. But I think it's got to come down now to this point of who's going to do the best job of winning the game for you. And uh, Foles has always worked better off the bench. Maybe they'll they'll try and do that. So what was the next one? Next one was: Would you want Pat Fitzgerald as the next Bears head coach? Yes, at forty percent. No, at sixty percent for this one. Okay. That was about right. I mean, that's about what I would think. Yeah, and, and we got a lot of t- Twitter responses. I don't think he wants to leave, he'll leave college. I don't think he'll want to leave Northwestern. Yeah. Well, that's a different question. Do you think he'd be successful as a Bears head coach? And apparently 60% believe that either Pat or college coaches coaches in general don't make good NFL head coaches. So. Yeah. Well, and then there's a lot of people that don't think anybody will be successful as a uh, Bears coach until they get rid of some of the guys in the front, you know, your Ted Phillips and some of the decision makers, which I, 
I don't. It's almost pointless to talk about that until it happens. <laughs> I mean, we can yell and scream and holler, but you know, if it's, and, if, and the Bears don't do it in midseason, right? And, no, and this is interesting. No. Three of the next five teams the Bears are going to play have already fired their GMs. Oh, you're right. So, yeah. You're right. <laughs> So let's go with uh, our uh, bold predictions. As I'm looking up and I see the Bears running onto the field, they haven't fallen down yet. So that's a good start. Tyler, you got something for us? Yeah, I'm going to go with a guy who played really, really well the first time we saw these two teams match up, and that's Jalen Johnson. I'm going to say that Jalen Johnson is going to get his first career interception today against this Detroit Lions team. I think he might get picked on a little bit like we saw last time. Sure. A bold strategy, Cotton. There's a good chance of that. What do you got, Brian? Uh, we heard Keyshawn Johnson during the break, so the Bears, Keyshawn Johnson, Anthony, give me the damn ball, Miller. Uh, let's call those <laughs> plays in practice. Let's let the ones I, I work on and, and uh, catch the ball during the week. Why don't we call those on Sunday? Anytime touchdown, he's plus three forty. Anthony Miller, two touchdown receptions today. Two That's a bold statement. Woo! Two. That's He's amazing. got to back up his words, and the Cole Komet package can wait. Let's yeah. get the ball to Anthony Miller. Well, I'm going, you know, I'm probably off because he did rush for 100 yards last week, but I'll say it's going to be back-to-back 100-yard rushing games for David Montgomery because he looked good last week. I wouldn't be surprised if he broke another long one and then uh, got maybe more than 11 carries uh, in route and, to a 100-plus. And 100 Teddy, plus. Told us to, Teddy told us the over-under was, what, 78 yards for yeah, uh, David I think Montgomery? So. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Brian, we will uh, we'll talk next week, and we'll do uh, see what they can do against Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans. Hopefully, we'll be talking about trying to build on a uh, victory. And don't forget, as soon as the game's over, Meller and Howard Griffith, they'll be right here for you, breaking it down. Thanks to Tyler Rocky, Hanley Hubner here on ESPN 1000.